All right, we're starting a brand new series today called Psalms, and we are going to just go right into Scripture this morning. One of, I mean, there's a lot of great passages in the Bible, but this one has got to be near the top. But Psalm 1, if you want to follow along on a Bible app or uh, your Bible, we're going to read the whole entire thing. Here we go. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take. Or sit in the company of mockers But whose delight is in the law of the Lord And who meditates on his law day and night That person is like a tree planted by streams of water Which yields its fruit in season And whose leaf does not wither Whatever they do prospers That's a pretty good picture, isn't it? We've got a big Douglas fir tree right beside our house. It's seen all kinds of wind, all kinds of storms. It's even had all kinds of people digging around the roots to, like, put a waterway through. This is a new development across the street. But it still stands tall, evergreen. It's beautiful. The Bible goes on to say, Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord... Watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. The series that we're going to be in is called the Psalms Soundtracks of Life. If you had to choose a song this morning that would be your soundtrack of life, the soundtrack of your life, what would that song be? Maybe for somebody, you're you're going, it's the rock classic by Tom Petty, I Won't Back Down. You're like, I've got, life has been coming at me, left, right. Devil's just trying to take me out all over the place, but I'm not going to back down. I'm going to hold my ground. You can stand me up against the gates of hell. Uh-uh. I ain't backing down. Maybe somebody else, you're going, no, it's the Rolling Stones. You can't always get what you want. Uh, my kids would probably say this might be the soundtrack of their lives. <laughs> Because I've sang this to them enough where they've come to me and they want a new iPhone or something. I'm like, you can't always get what you want. Or they're going, hey, I, I want to have like, why don't we have a nice house like this person or that person or drive a nice vehicle like this person? No, nah, you can't always get what you want. Maybe somebody else, you're going, it's Marvin Gaye's Motown Classic. Ain't no mountain high enough, no valley low enough, no river wide enough to keep me from getting to you, baby. For somebody else, maybe it's don't stop believing or staying alive or lean on me or born to be wild or man in the mirror by Michael Jackson. Maybe somebody else, it's shake it off or happy by Pharrell. Pharrell. Is it Pharrell or Pharrell? Pharrell, okay. Yeah, Pharrell's a bad thing, isn't it? Pharrell cat, yeah, no. Pharrell. We'll go with Pharrell. Um, I've obviously had a little more time to think about what my soundtrack of life would be maybe some of you already already know like you've just already thought about this already i've had some time to think about it. i think my my soundtrack song of life or one of them there's a lot of them actually but one of them would be it's a tim mcgraw song called live like you were dying and um this song tells it's this song uh written by uh it's not written by tim mcgraw actually it's written by a couple other people but tim mcgraw came across this song in the same year that his dad tug mcgraw um died of cancer and so the song, though, talks about this guy in his 40s, and uh, he finds out that his father is dying, and 
after they've looked at all the x-rays and they've just come to, to grips with the reality that life is short, the father decides, okay, I'm not just going to, I'm not going to get busy dying, I'm going to get busy living, and he just starts to live life to the full, and it's like adventure and just loving with his whole heart and purpose and seizing every moment. It's a song about just the shortness of life and, and, and living life to the full, and it's a song that I just kind of, I've, I've really gravitated to since it came out. But today as we start this new series um, on the book of, uh, of Psalms, it's, it's this, the, the Psalms really are soundtracks of life. And uh, the Psalms is this book that's smack dab right in the middle of your, of your Bible. And it's probably the most loved, most read book in the entire Bible. But the Psalms are really a, their collection of songs, their collection of poetry. Uh, it's... it's it's uh, hymns, prayers, all written by several different authors over a thousand plus years, and all put together in this, this one book. And there's certain characteristics of the, of the book of Psalms that just kind of make it pop from the, the rest of the Bible. Um, one of those things is that it's a book of journals, um, not so much a book of stories. You know, most of the Bible, is, it's stories. It's Adam and Eve in the garden, and it's Noah building the ark, and Moses at the Red Sea, and David and Goliath, and Jesus walking on water, and the early church. All these stories throughout the whole entire Bible. But with the book of Psalms, it's almost like what God did is he took all the journal entries in different people's journals over the course, course of a thousand plus years. He, he grabbed their, their, the, the, some songs they wrote, some poems, all these different journal entries, and he put them all into this, this one book and gives us incredible access inside the hearts and minds of people. And so in the Psalms, we see how real men and women, just like you and me, how, how they celebrated God and how they questioned God and how they sought God and how they doubted God and, and how, 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 how God just met them wherever they, they were at. We are invited in the book of Psalms to go into the cave with David as he's in there hiding out from his enemies that are, are trying to take his life. We're invited to, to see what Moses was thinking and praying as he's leading the Israelites through the wilderness. We get to see David's incredible joy as he's celebrating being delivered. And in the Psalms, the door really is open for, for you and me to join in the devotional life of some incredibly... Uh, Amazing men and women who just had these close walks with Jesus. And we see them at their lowest of lows. We see them at their highest of highs. We see them um, just in their whole entire journey, the spectrum of life that, that they're walking. We see them when they just are questioning everything about God. And we also see them when they're so overwhelmed with the goodness of God that they, they just can't help but write things like, man, as the deer pants for water, my, my soul just longs for you, God. It's been said... Um, that another characteristic of the book of Psalms that really sets it apart is this. In the Bible, God talks to us. In the Psalms, we learn how to talk to God. Not just in the good times, but, but also in the really, really hard times. And there, there's religions out there that if you begin to kind of call into question, maybe you're a part of one of these and you started to call into question some of the, the beliefs and doctrines, and, and maybe you just really started to call into question and have some serious doubts about the founder of this religion. If they found that out, you'd be, you know, at worst, like completely cut off and ostracized, at best given a pretty, pretty big slap on the hand. But that's not the case with Christianity. 
And, and by putting the book of Psalms into the holy canon of Scripture, our God is saying it is okay to have questions. It's okay to wonder where I am in the middle of life's darkest valleys. He's saying that's all, it's okay. He's saying I can handle your, your disappointment. I can handle your doubts. I can handle the, the, the questions that you have in the middle of suffering. Something else that makes the, the book of Psalms stand apart is that they address nearly every situation in life. The times of sorrow, times of joy, depression, suffering, love, gratitude, betrayal, guilt, forgiveness, everything. I mean, the, the whole gamut of what we experience in life is addressed in the book of Psalms. The, the great 19th century preacher, Charles Spurgeon, he said this. He said, I think I was never so low that I could not find that the psalmist was lower. And I never climbed so high that I could not find the psalmist was up above me, ready to sing a song upon a string instrument, even as I could see mine. And the psalms are this incredible reflection of life, while at the same time, they represent this incredible picture of the character of our God. He is almighty creator. He is the, the good shepherd who's leading us and who's satisfying us. He is our redeemer. He is our rock. He's our refuge. He's the everlasting God. It's this incredible picture of who our God is. The book of Psalms itself is actually a collection of, there's, there's five different books that make up the book of Psalms. Many people make the mistake of thinking that David wrote the whole the entire book. He didn't. David actually wrote, uh, he was the biggest contributor to the book of Psalms. He wrote 73 Psalms, but the rest of them were written by people like the sons of Asaph. Um, another one of the writers who we got our son's name from, his name was Ethan. Um, Moses wrote one of the books of, of, the bio, of, of Psalms, or chapters in Psalms. Um, Solomon did. And then there are 49 Psalms that are actually completely anonymous, including the one that we're going to read this morning. As we kick off uh, this series, it's actually very fitting that we begin with Psalm chapter 1. Because in this book, we actually are given the answer to one of the most fundamental questions of life. A question that every single one of us in this room, watching online, every single one of us has asked on some level. And that question is simply, how can I be how can I experience joy and happiness in life? It's what we all want out of life. Nobody makes it their goal in life to be miserable and depressed. Uh, we we want to be happy. And, and not to be happy in the short-lived, shallow sense of the word, but happy in the sense that we're enjoying life. We have a deep down abiding peace we're loving and we're being loved we're anchored in something that's way deeper way stronger than ourselves we're content we're experiencing a deep and profound satisfaction in life or as jesus said we're living life to the full and and we all want this and yet according to a recent gallup poll 70 percent of americans are unhappy with their job Another poll conducted by the UN in 2019 found, and I quote, Americans are the unhappiest they've ever been, and they blame this on an epidemic of addictions, everything from substance abuse to social media addiction to gambling to sexual behavior. And if you were to ask most people what, what they have to do in order to be happy, um, everybody's going to have a different idea of what that's going to take, right? Um, someone is going to say, if I just drove that car, then I would be happy. 
on a s- related side note, has anybody noticed how Ferndale is being overrun with like amazing cars lately? Is that just me seeing that? So I'm driving. I never thought that I'd be happy with a metallic gold car. But then I'm driving down Malloy of all places, and what comes my direction? A metallic gold Ferrari. Anybody seen this car around town? I'm like, I'd be very happy driving that car. That would, that would lead to some happiness in my soul right there. <laughs> For somebody else, it's, man, if I just married that girl or married that boy, I'd be happy. For somebody else, it's, man, if I hadn't married that guy or that girl, then I'd be happy. Um, for somebody else, it's if, you, if I just had a bigger house or if I just had a better kitchen or if I just had better shoes or if I just had a better yard or if I just went on that vacation or if I just had this or had that, more friends, different friends. We all have different ideas of what it takes to be happy and what, what we think will be happy. But then God comes along in Psalm chapter 1 and he gives us the way to be happy. The first word at the beginning of the entire book of Psalms down in Psalm chapter 1, verse 1, is the word blessed. And, and the, in the, the original language that the Bible is written in, the Old Testament is written in the, book, in, in the language of, of, uh, of Hebrew, and the word there for blessed is the word ashra. And that word ashra actually simply means happy. Happy is the person. And, and again, not the flaky kind of happy. This is like deep joy kind of happy. It's a word used to describe someone who, who really is truly experiencing that. And this word, um, it's written in the plural. And the psalmist could just as have easily have opened this book by writing, how very happy is the person, and go on. In fact, the NLT version of the Bible, instead of blessed, starts with the phrase, oh, the joys. It's plural. There's, there's a lot of blessing. There's a lot of happiness for the person who follows what's, what this chapter is all about. Now, I know a lot of people in the church, when you start using the word happy, they kind of get uptight. And like, that's the wrong word to be using. We should be using the word joy. And uh, they're quick to say that uh, they're, they're very different. And there's actually some debate around that. A lot of it's just how you interpret the, the, the different, some, some of the different verses in the Bible. But how I see it, at the end of the day, is these, these two words are actually used very interchangeably throughout the Bible. But it is important to have an understanding of what what those words are really all about but regardless there is a deep hunger in all of us to be happy it's a desire that doesn't go away at least not very easily now why is that why do we all have this desire inside of us why is that there so today is independence day and i've actually titled this sermon kind of along the lines of what this day is all about but written into the declaration of independence in the second paragraph are, are those famous words, right? That all men are created equal and we're all endowed with certain unalienable rights. And among those are life, liberty, and... That's the title of the sermon today, The Pursuit of Happiness. It's this, this, this thing that we all value and this desire for happiness is actually written right into our nation's DNA. And, and this is one of the blessings of living in this nation. But make no mistake about this, the pursuit of happiness isn't primarily an American pursuit. It's actually a godly pursuit. Because to be happy is to be like God. Because if you just, you just have to read through Scripture, and you, you come across verses like Psalm 16, where it says that in, the, in His presence is fullness of joy. 
Our God is a very joyful God. Author C.S. Lewis wrote, it is a Christian duty for everyone to be as happy as he can. It's a duty. Although the devil has been trying to lie to people for centuries, trying to convince people that, that Christianity, that following God is going to be nothing but misery and drudgery and just hardship and difficulty, and why in the world would you ever want to do that? It is a big, massive lie. Because the truth of the matter is that as followers of Jesus, you are called to know joy in a very deep and profound way. You're called to that. And the author of Psalm chapter 1, he sets off on a journey to show us just how to do that. But, but first, the psalm begins by telling us what doesn't lead to happiness. And the writer actually lists three different things that the godly person stays away from, that the godly person refuses to do. Um, it says, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, does not stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. Now, we're just going to break this down here and, and look at what this is actually saying. First, what does it mean to walk in step with the wicked? It's helpful to read actually how the, the uh, English Standard Version of the Bible translates this, translate this. It says, blessed is the one who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. So to walk in step with the wicked is to, to walk in the counsel of, of the wicked. And the picture here isn't simply of somebody who's occasionally taking walks with people that, that are ungodly or evil. It's actually showing someone whose lifestyle is gradually progressing from kind of casually being um, influenced by, by, by the wicked to somebody who's actually engrossed in it. It starts off by describing someone who is listening to and taking in the advice, the instruction, the counsel of ungodly people. And it's this, this casual kind of posture. Then it shifts to a posture that's a little more stationary. You're standing. You're standing there. You're, you're, you're no longer moving. And then eventually it shifts to a posture sitting where you have actually settled into the lifestyle of ungodly people. And this is the picture of someone who has gone from casually being influenced by the values and the beliefs and the behaviors of this world to somebody who is now fully adapted to and being shaped by those same values, beliefs, and behaviors. They think that cars, they think that trucks, they think that popularity, they think that followers on Instagram, they think that fame and fortune and power and prestige will make them happy. But contrary to what the world says and what the world portrays, this will not make you happy. Well, Rich, I'm actually pretty good. I don't hang out with wicked people. Yeah, I got some friends that are a little wacky. I got some friends that do stuff that's maybe not the best thing to be doing, but wicked you know typically when we think of that word wicked especially in our culture i mean what's the first thing that we think of like we think of somebody who's just grossly evil someone who's like murdering people and selling drugs and to, to minors and all this kind of stuff but this word wicked is actually referring to somebody who is not in relationship with god and is therefore following their desires their passions is someone who's living life Without God, which is we talked about a few months in our series, The Fight, that's this worldliness. It's worldliness. It's those voices in our lives who are constantly bombarding us with this message that says, live like this and you'll be happy. Only God is not in the equation anywhere. And this isn't just, by the way, referring to the people that you spend time with in person. This is talking about the people that you spend time with when you have your headphones plugged in. 
It's talking about the people that you spend time with when you're sitting there in front of your device watching Netflix or Hulu or whatever. It's, it's talking about the, the people you spend time with when you're sitting there in front of YouTube. Who is it that you're, you're hanging out with when you're listening to your music, when, when you're, you're watching your TV shows or your movies, podcasts, whatever? All those are people that you are letting into your life. And the Bible makes it really clear that there are some people, some influences in your life that will not be good for you. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, it says, bad company corrupts good character. It twists good character. It takes somebody who's on the right path, and it just corrupts and erodes good character. The people you spend time with, who you choose to focus your attention on, whether in person or through, or through your, your device, this, this, this will determine so much of, of who you are and, and how you live your life. It will determine whether or not you really know joy in your life, according to Psalm chapter, chapter 1. Verse 2, though, it shifts. And it says that the person that is blessed doesn't actually put their focus in mind here and dwell there. Instead, the truly happy person is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. Now, the law of the Lord is really the instruction of the Lord. It's, um, it's the Bible. It's the counsel of God. It's what we find from Genesis to Revelation. And for the blessed, happy person, rather than getting counsel from and living by the ways of the world, they get counsel from, and they're learning how to live by spending time with God in His Word, in prayer, in church. They're, 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 they're meditating on, on Him in His Word. And they don't do this. You know, it's really interesting in this verse. I love that, they were, used the, that the writer used the word delight. That's so important for us to see. Their delight is in the law of the Lord. It doesn't say they, they read the, 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 the law of the Lord. It doesn't say that they, they practice their faith because their parents and grandparents did. It doesn't say they did that, they do that because they feel like they have to do that. It doesn't say they do that because it's, it's just this begrudging duty. No, it's their delight is in the law of the Lord. I don't know what you think of when you hear that word delight. But when I think of delight, I think of somebody who's excited to do this. They enjoy, they enjoy getting in God's word and spending time, spending time with Jesus. Last night, we, we read um, a, a verse with our kids, Matthew 13, 44. Very familiar passage of scripture just to help our kids understand what me and Beck want for them as their parents. And in this, this, this short verse, uh, verse, there's this little tiny story that Jesus tells about this man who goes out and he finds this treasure in, in a field. And what does that man do? The Bible says that in great joy, he goes back and he sells everything he, can, he has so that he can have this field. Because he wants that treasure so bad. And we told our kids, you know what we want for you more than anything else? We don't want you to grow up to, to be practicing a faith because you just feel like you have to and because it's this difficult, challenging, begrudging duty. No, we want you to know what it's like to treasure Jesus, to treasure Him. That's what we want for you more than anything else. And, and, and there's a difference, and, and we want that for our kids because according to Psalm chapter 1, the person who treasures God, who delights in Him, this is the person who lives a life where they truly know joy, happiness, blessing, all those things that we all so desperately want. 
And then the Bible goes on to say that not only do they know happiness, but as they delight in God, as they delight in knowing Him and following His ways, they become a certain kind of person. And this picture is, is such a good picture. And, and as, I, as I come back and read this again, just ask yourself, is this not what you want in life? The Bible says that the person who delights in the law of the Lord, they become like a tree planted by streams of water. Their lives are full of fruit. Goodness, kindness, purpose, love, content, they're satisfied. They're making a difference in their world. They experience the joy of, of pouring into other people's lives. And then the Bible talks about how their leaf doesn't wither. In other words, they are constantly flourishing. Even in the middle of the storms of life and the difficulties of life and the valleys of life, they, they're flourishing because they know that God works for the good of those that love Him and are called according to His, pur His purpose. They know all that. And in the middle of life's challenges, they're still flourishing. They know that God can take something bad and turn it around for good. And they flourish in that. Then it says, whatever they do, prospers. But not so the wicked, the Bible goes on to warn. No, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. They're like dead grass that we're see seeing a lot of these days that just does not last. It fades. It just is blown away by the, the, the first little storm of life that comes along. Totally different. One person is anchored deep like, like that tree by, by streams of water. The other is just like grass, just floating on the surface. Chaff that the wind comes along and just blows away. And the question that God is asking us in Psalm chapter 1 today is, which life do you want? Which life do you want? You can either go, yeah, life is, is I'm going to try this one over here. I'm going to try, like, hanging out and just letting the world just kind of pour into me and influence me and change me. I'm just going to, I'm going to, I, you believe the lie that that's going to be what leads to happiness? And you can try that. I mean, most of us adults in the room would probably look back on our teenage, young adult years and go, yeah, we, we tried that because we thought the lie was true. But it won't lead to happiness. But you've got those, God puts those two options in front of you. So there's this, there's this path over here, but then there's this other path where if you delight, if you delight in the law of the Lord, you'll be like that tree anchored. So where, where are you at today? That's, that's the question that God's asking. We serve a God who wants, he wants you. All of you watching online, he wants you to know joy, lasting happiness. He's a good God, but you know what's interesting? Nowhere in the Bible are we actually told to pursue happiness. I looked this week. I looked online, and like, does it say anywhere in the Bible to pursue? Where, did we, where are we told to pursue happiness? Where are we told to go after joy? And then I went to my little Bible concordance program, and I seek joy, seek happiness, seek, pursue joy, pursue happiness. I, I couldn't find it. Maybe you know where it's at in there. I can't find seek happiness, seek joy. I, I can't find it anywhere. I think that's for a reason. We're, we're never told in the Bible to directly go after joy and happiness because it's actually not found by, by seeking joy and happiness. It's actually found more as a byproduct of seeking something else. And Jesus puts it like this. He says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness 
And all these things, he says, will be given to you as well. It's Psalm 1 in a nutshell. Seek Jesus. Seek him. Seek his kingdom. Delight in him. Treasure him. Be all about him. And joy, happiness, blessing will be yours as well. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, God, you're so good. Lord, I thank you that you, God, you invite us to come to you, the one who is life and life to the full. Lord, I thank you that you invite us, God, not into a life, God, that's full of just duty and drudgery. And God, you don't, that's not what you're inviting us into today. God, you're inviting us into, to, as you said, Jesus, you didn't come to bring destruction and you didn't come to just bring duty. God, God, you came to bring life and life to the full. And yes, there are seasons where we have to, we just have to trudge through, and it's hard, and it's difficult, and following you, that we, there, there is a cost that comes to that. But God, you invite us into life, because you invite us to yourself, and you say you are the way. You are the life. It's not found in anything, anyone else. And so this morning, Jesus I just want to thank you for that invitation. I thank you, Lord, that you made a way, God, for us to know life and life to the full. God, thank you for the cross. God, I thank you that, God, when we are far from you, that, God, you didn't, you just didn't leave us to figure it out on our own, but, God, you paid the highest price so that we could know life and life to the full. God, I just want to say thank you for that. God, thank you for opening the door. God, thank you for being that bridge between our brokenness and our sin and, and the life that can only be found in you. Thank you for that, Jesus. Thank you for that, Jesus. While your heads are bowed, eyes closed, you that are watching online, just invite you to do the same thing wherever you're at. I just want to ask this morning, is there somebody here, you're going, yeah, there's those two roads. There's, there's the road that, that leads to a life that looks like dead grass, like chaff. That's destruction. And then there's that other road that leads to a life that really is full of true happiness and joy. That looks like a tree that's rooted by streams of water. That's a tree that is just flourishing. And, and as you look at those two, two options in front of you today... You go, okay, I've been living the, the dead grass, the chaff life. But today I want to start living the other life. Today I want to start learning what it means to delight in Jesus. I want to start learning what it means to love him and follow him. I want to start learning what it means to seek his kingdom first in his righteousness. As your head or heads bowed, eyes closed, is there anybody here to slip your hand nice and high? I'd love to pray for you. Awesome. See your hands. See your hands. If you're watching online, I just encourage you to be bold enough to put in the, the comment section, that's me. That's me. I want to change today. Go, go ahead and put your hands down. Heavenly Father, I lift up everybody today that has, in this moment, made this, this commitment, this declaration, this decision to turn from the, the chaff life, the, the life that's just destructive. And they, they've made a decision that they've got to turn to you 
God, maybe it's the first time they've ever made this decision. God, maybe it's, it's a recommitment today. Maybe it's just a renewal, Lord, of a decision they've made to follow you. God, regardless, I pray that today, Jesus, you would flood them with your joy, flood them with your peace, God, with the, the, the way that only you can satisfy. And God, Lord, as they walk out of this, this moment that we're having, I pray, Jesus, that they would have a new resolve, God, a new strength and determination, God, to, to, to live for you. And God, I pray that you'd be their help. God, when they run into those moments where, God, they just get lured back into that old way, that worldly way, God, I pray, Jesus, that you would be their help, be their strength, be their life. God, be, be the way for them, I pray. Jesus, we just want to tell you we love you so much. You're so good. Thank you for this time we've had today. It's been so precious. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.